everybody welcome back to frantic thoughts the podcast about video games movies entertainment and life just life in general no we just kind of chit chat about what has been going on video games that i've been really into movies things like that it's just a really good time i like to share my passions with you and hopefully you enjoy that as well and if you're wondering who i am if this is your first episode my name is josh also known as Frantic, which is just a old, old nickname that has stuck for years and years. And uh, I sit down, we just rap about what's going on. So what I like to do is usually start the show with some big overarching topic. But this week, it's been such a long time since I did a record that I want to go ahead and just start with what's happening, what I've been up to over the past, I guess it's been about 12 days and 10 days or whatever it's been since I recorded an episode and it's been quite a bit of stuff so last episode if you listened I was teasing this big big announcement and if you pay any attention to my social media or anything or if you listen to Retro Fandango or any of that stuff you know that I'm part of a brand new podcast it's a monthly video game club that sounds familiar right it's a video game pc club that's what makes it unique it's called quick save club and this name we spent forever we rapped about it we talked so much about what name we wanted to pick for the show like we had a lot of ideas man and uh this one was kind of like a name i kind of came up with and then kind of got remixed and then there was another name that we were kind of thinking of and then there was this other one and i was like quick save was one of the first one that popped into my head and it just so happens that's the name that ended up sticking and we put club at the end and it really worked out you know and it, it's kind of feeling natural already and it's only been a little over a week since we announced the show and basically what we're going to be doing is pick a pc game talk about it, you know, play it all month, talk about it on the forums. We have a Discord now that we set up and everything. And we're just going to play old school PC games. And hey, I love PC gaming. I don't talk about it too much on here because nowadays I play a lot more console games. But if I talk about an indie game, if I'm not playing it on the Switch, I'm most likely going to be playing it on my PC with uh, HDMI out to HDMI out to my TV or on my PC itself depending on what the game is. So yeah, like if I play Minecraft, I've been playing lots of Minecraft lately because I've been recording uh, Let's Plays because I'm going to try to make a bunch of them, you know, like record a bunch of Let's Plays and have them ready to go. Um, we'll talk about that in a minute. But yeah, I mean, like if I want to play an indie game, I'm going to play it on my PC. And I like to go back and play these games I've never even thought about playing, you know, or had the opportunity to play as a kid because when I w- was, you know, 
younger than 15 or 14 i never really had a pc that i can play these really good titles on these classic titles that inspire these more modern day titles so i can kind of go back and see where everything has come from and a lot of stuff does come from pc gaming so it's really cool and the first game we actually picked and this one's announced there's going to be more announced very soon but the first month is diablo and i've been playing that and i actually haven't dove like super deep into it because my plan was to actually get a really good deep dive on a live stream like really get into it but from the first couple hours i am kind of struggling with it a little bit like i'm not used to the style of game um trying to get my footing i'm not very good at this point and click you know action adventure style of game and um I, i'm really liking it though like it's cool because it's just a loot game and i love loot games quite a bit i played through a lot of torchlight 2 when that came out a few years ago and i have never really played a diablo title like for more than like 30 minutes and i never beat that torchlight game so i'm not super familiar with this style of like dungeon crawling game um of course i'm not going to talk too much about it on this show but I'm just going to mention, I've been, I have been playing it, and I am enjoying it so far. I am just very terrible at it, so we'll see how it goes. But that's part of the show that I'm really going to enjoy, is going back and playing these classic titles and just learning different styles of play, like different styles of uh, video games that I have never had the opportunity to uh, enjoy, you know, back in the day or even now. So, um, And we are doing indie titles, too, that have origins in PC or have relations to pc you know if it was originally created for pc we might end up playing it and it's gonna be really fun i'm doing it with buried on mars he's a really nice guy and um ryan retro gamer renting and uh i know him i've heard him on retro fandango before but i never actually talked to him until this podcast started you know sparking up and he's he's seems like a really nice guy as well so i'm excited to team up with these guys and make this show because it's you know, this is what I'm doing right now. It's a solo show. I record it, I edit it, I upload it, I promote it all by myself. When it comes to this other show, I have two other fallback people. I can be like, hey, will you take care of this? And hey, will you take care of that? And, you know, I like to take care of like the social media aspect. I like to be on Twitter and stuff. So I'm over there doing the Twitter account. I'm not the only one doing it, but, you know, for the most part, you'll pro- if you see a tweet, we actually have a Twitter. If you want to follow, it's at Quick Save Club. And uh, I'm over there tweeting stuff about PC gaming and, you know, just kind of doing the normal social media routine. And I've been really liking it, you know, so far. And it's only been a couple weeks since we started this whole thing. And it's not even officially started. It, like, starts in April. The first month is going to be April with Diablo, like I mentioned before. And I'm super stoked that's my big announcement that's the thing i was teasing at the end of last show but that was a while ago now when i was teasing that (laughs) so yeah we've actually recorded an episode zero which is kind of like an introductory (laughs) introductory episode which will be a probably very like close to this episode and doing the feeds and all of that so super excited for that brand new uh podcast and yeah uh i was talking about let's keep let's uh pivot change the subject here i was talking about minecraft and making videos so um doing more creative things is something i've been wanting to do 
and obviously I've been very busy. Like I've been working crazy hours lately. That's why I haven't done this show as much as I would like. Um, I am considering, I don't know if I'm going to do it, but I'm considering making this show at least three episodes a month instead of four, like taking one of the weeks off of my plate. I'm not sure. I almost thought about doing bi-weekly, but it's going to be hard for me to say, okay, this is a weekly show. My goal is still to make this a weekly show, but I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to do that all the time because this schedule, I thought I had it under wraps for like almost a month and then it kind of just got away from me again. And it's really hard to, you know, bring, uh, stretch out the time or make the time to do something creative where I actually have the energy to put into this and not make it just me very tired, calmly mumbling into the mic. You know, I want to actually be energetic. I want to actually put on a good show, so I don't want to put this show out when I'm not... I don't want to just record a show because I have to get one out. I want to record a show because, I mean, you know, I like having a schedule like every week, but I don't want to record the show and just be like, ah, I'm bummed out, I'm not feeling good, because I have done that before, and I don't think the show uh, is good, and I don't think that's good for the listener or the people are gonna, that are going to stick around, so expect the show every week but don't get disappointed if i miss a week because i will make it up to you by uh making extra long episodes hopefully or you know i'm trying to make some videos too i have an idea for this series i've been wanting to do it for years like almost two years now and i actually have came up with a name for it it's kind of like a video game you know it's it's a video essay video game series so i want to work on it and uh yeah, I think it's something that no one's ever done. So hopefully that'll be fun. I'm going to try to start working on that soon and I'll let you guys know. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, all of my online stuff I've been doing. So let's go ahead and talk about some real life stuff, some fun stuff. Oh, actually, if I want to mention one thing before I get to the real life stuff is there was a, a live stream, 24 hour live stream for Jason Heine. He is a, one of the community members. I like his new podcast. He has a new podcast called Heine House Live. And he used to be one of the main producers on All Gen Gamers, which is one of the OG retro gaming podcasts, the more modern retro style with a lot of really good characters on there with Metal Jesus Rocks and Gamester 81, a bunch of old retro guys on there. And I used to love that show. Uh, I, I miss it like a lot and I was happy to see he was doing a podcast by himself and then he posts about his health problems and uh, that he needed help GoFundMe help and because you know America health healthcare system really sucks uh, I'll, I'll have a story about that too in a second but uh yeah he needed help like 35,000 bucks or something that they're charging him for charges because he doesn't have health insurance because he is an independent person. He works for himself. He has his own company. So uh, P1, Sean, and I think a couple of other people like sparked the idea for this. And I'm pretty sure uh, Rocket Sauce was part of it as well for the initial idea. But then they all got together and put together a 24-hour stream on the Cartridge Brothers you know, uh, Twitch channel. And <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, they actually included me in the group chat for that. And I was really trying to make one of the slots. I think there were two hour slots, but it was on the weekend and the slots started filling up super fast. And the slot that I really could have probably done would have been like Friday night or something. And that slot filled up instantly. So I'm just like, okay, well I can't do this. Cause the only slots that's really open is stuff times when I'm working. So I ended up watching a lot of it while I was working, which I probably shouldn't have been doing. I had like put my phone on the pallet and I was like working and the phone was sitting there and I would go and chat here and there. And I was very distracted the whole entire day with that 
stream. And actually, when I went on my break, I had an hour-long break. Like, I'm on a break today. This is I'm recording this on a Sunday, doing this. Uh, so this was yesterday. I was on break, and I actually got to play... What's that game? It's like, uh, use your words. That's what it's called with RetroPixel on the stream, actually. So I actually had the opportunity to uh, interact with the stream a little bit, which was pretty cool. Um, and he got a decent amount of funding. I don't know what the funding was, but I know he got a good amount of donations from that and it helped them out. And that's pretty cool. I love seeing the community come together, you know, for helping out somebody that is just a nice dude and he makes really good stuff. And I think he kind of, you know, just show the love and bring in the love out. And it was really cool. And it warmed my heart to see that stream. So yeah, speaking of healthcare, <laughs> that's a, I guess that's a good segue. If anything, let's see last Wednesday. So this was, the day that I went to a concert, we went to a pink concert, which I will talk about that in a minute. I keep like, Oh, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. Anyway. Um, I woke up in the morning and I was sick and I don't know why I was just sick, like grossly sick. Uh, my stomach was hurting. My side was hurting. I was throwing up like a ton, you know, and after a while, uh, like I was driving to work and I threw up on the side of the road and I got to work and then I worked all day, you know, with a messed up stomach drinking like Pepto-Bismol. By the end of the day, my work day, I felt okay. Good enough to go to a concert, enjoy the concert. So I felt pretty average. The next day I go to work, I wake up and my side is just split, like hurting like hell, like split, you know, like headache, splitting headache, but on my side, I guess. And I was like, man, I feel like crap. And I still went to work. The day was like 11 hours because every Thursday I work is anywhere from 10 to 15 hours because I worked a 15 hour Thursday this week. So this was last week. But yeah, last Thursday I was like, okay, I'm going to work this day because, you know, you're working until you're done with the work. And my side was just hurting. And then I was driving right to my second stop. And the second stop during Thursdays has kind of like a longer trip. Like it's uh, maybe 10 miles, 15 miles almost, some, somewhere around there. So I have to drive across town to go to the other store to work the truck. And my side's hurting. And I start having a panic attack while I'm driving. Like I'm freaking out because my phone is freezing up. Because I was going to call my boss and say, hey, I got to go home or I need some help or something. My phone's freezing up. And then I almost got run off the road by somebody next to me. So... All this stuff's happening at the same time. My side's hurting. My phone's locked up. Someone almost tries to run me off the road while I'm driving. And I'm like, what the hell? And I felt like this tenseness in my chest because I'm having a panic attack. Like, I'm not having a heart attack, nothing crazy like that. But I'm having a panic attack, which is a familiar feeling. But co combined with the side pain I was having, I felt like I was dying. Like, I couldn't breathe. I felt like my heart was going a million miles an hour. I was freaking the hell out. So I pulled over on the side of the road and I caught my breath, had some water, just breathe. Okay. And then I got my phone working on the side of the road, called Sierra. I started crying. I'm like, oh my God, I, I don't know what's going on. I feel horrible. And, she, and, I, and she's like, well, do you think you can work the rest of the day? And what do you think? And I was like, well, I can pro I'm going to go ahead and try. And I ended up working the rest of the day, but then I got off of work. I'm like, okay, I got to go to the ER or something. And my health insurance doesn't kick in till the beginning of next month. So I'm like, fuck everything. Anything I do right now, it's going to cost a ton of money for me. Should I just wait a couple more weeks? Should I, you know, it was only like 10 days. Should I wait 10 more days or should I go? Cause I feel like crap. So I decided to go intensive care and I'm like, okay, it looks like it's 50 bucks. And I go in there. They charge me $110 to see the doctor. 
I'm like, okay, you know, I'm gonna pay it. Let's see what's going on. It's 110 bucks. So I sit there for a couple hours, wait in the waiting room, get called into the doctor's office, wait in there for 30 minutes. The doctor comes in, she lifts my shirt, heals my side. She starts poking and prodding my chest, like, where does it hurt? Where does it hurt? And then when she touches my side, she's like, what? It's tender right here on my left side. And she's like, okay, well, I can't really do anything for you if it's no bone damage or anything. I'm like, okay. She, she's like, it might be pancreatitis, but honestly, I think it's just stress. And I'm just like, okay, so you don't know. You can't do any tests or anything. She's like, if, you, if I do any tests, it's gonna, they're going to charge you another $150. And I'm just like, okay, uh, so what do you suggest I do? She's like, I suggest you go to the ER. And I'm like, well, I didn't go to the ER, so I didn't have another $5,000 bill. You know what I mean? Because I went for the ER last year and because I fell on my knee and it was swollen. I, I'm sure I told talked about it on this podcast. They rubbed my knee and like, I, I got charged $5,000 for the, the nurse to walk in there to rub my knee and say, oh, you're okay. And that was it. So I was like, yeah, I'm not going to the ER. And, she's, and I was like, so can I just wait for my health insurance? She's like, if you take it easy, you lay off alcohol and spicy foods just to be safe in case it is your pancreas, then you're good. And I'm like, okay. And then she's like, okay, one question before you leave, do you drink heavily? Are you, you drink like a lot? I'm like, no, like I do drink, like, I'm not going to lie with meals. Like if I'm having dinner, I'll have a couple beers, you know, just like wind down, you know, I don't think that's a bad thing. And I told her, I was like, I'm not going to sit there and just drink a whole 12 pack or anything crazy like that. You know, I'm just kind of like a casual drinker, you know, I'm like, I like to try craft brews and stuff. I don't like, you know, binge drink or anything crazy like that. And she's like, okay, well, you know, when you're an alcoholic, you have more opportunity or more of a chance to have pancreatitis. So you do drink and you say you like really spicy foods. Cause I told her I did. She's like, you do have this chance of having pancreatitis. And I, my professional thing I'm supposed to be telling you is go to the ER. And she kind of winked at me. I'm like, so you're saying go to the ER, but if I don't just be careful. And she's like, I'm not saying that, but I'm, I mean, if you choose to believe that, go ahead. You know, she couldn't really tell me not to go to the ER. And so I didn't go to the ER and I stopped drinking. I haven't been drinking this whole time. And I was like, not a big deal for me. Like, like I said, it's just a casual thing. And I cut back on my super spicy stuff. Cause I like to eat like ghost peppers and Carolina reapers and stuff. And I have been cutting back on my portions during meals and my sweet sugary intake and stuff like that trying to eat a lot healthier in the last few you know 10 days or whatever and i felt fine i've been fine i don't my side hasn't hurted my I never had another panic attack nothing like that so for now i'm good and my health insurance kicks in next week so i'm not dying or anything so next week i'm gonna go to oh set up an appointment for a recommended doctor and get all this checked out because i don't want to be like oh i'm fine and two months down the road something happened you know so I'm good, but this is another story of just, you know, the health care, you know, industry in America is just bullshit sometimes, honestly, and I'm not going to try to get political or anything about it. It just really sucks. You know, I'm just really lucky that I found a job that got me health insurance this quickly because, you know, otherwise I would just be getting billed to death and my credit would just plummet even more. <laughs> so 
okay, that's a, that's always a lot of rambling about that kind of stuff. So I did have a, a, one cool thing that happened, which I talked about. We went to a concert. And honestly, I've never been to a real concert for that long a time. So I was in high school. Back it up a little bit. I was in high school. And I had this friend that had Green Day tickets. And I like Green Day. They're one of my favorite bands. Uh, we got to the venue late. They were halfway through their set. And it was nosebleed tickets, like, really far at the top. So they looked like little ants. Like, I could squish them with my fingers, you know, like like Monty Python style. And... <laughs> uh, sorry, that's a dumb reference. And I was, I was looking down at them, and it would look cool, you know. I was like, all right, this is fun. You know, they're playing. But it was, like, really bad seats. And then we left early. So we were only there for, like, 45 minutes. And didn't see the whole concert. So that was my only concert experience I ever had, like an actual concert and um sierra worked overtime a few weeks ago and she's like you know what you want to go to the pink concert and i was like if you want to go to the pink concert go ahead so f- she bought herself for her birthday like you know with her extra money two pink tickets and i like pink you know passing you know i'm not like hardcore into listening listening to pink but i her songs are good she's a good artist she's a great singer great performer and we went to the concert and it was awesome like i had a blast watching this concert so we went in there we're kind of like on the left side of the stage there's an opening band i can't think of the name of the band the 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 name was there but i can't think of it um we saw an opening band and they were pretty good i liked it she the performer the main uh, lead singer she was pretty good and then there was these giant curtains right so i'm looking at this curtains like okay they're gonna drop that front one and they're going to perform on the stage here, right? But no. <laughs> they um, do... I thought it was pretty funny. The fox, you know... You know that thing? They do it with a crappy flute. They actually had somebody come out on stage and play that, you know, with a recorder. Like, all crappy and stuff. Like that meme video. I thought that was funny. And then after that... Um, the curtains drop, just douche, and there's this giant stage with LEDs all the way around it. It's kind of in the shape of a giant heart with different platforms, and then pyrotechnics, like fireworks explode out the side, and she comes out and fucking starts doing flips in midair on this giant freaking chandelier, singing her songs. I was like, what the hell? I did not expect this to be this insane. So she does that, and then like, it just goes from there like they escalate and escalate and escalate and she just she's just really awesome like she's doing flips with harnesses on singing these songs you can tell she's actually singing like you know it's not lip syncing or anything like that she has like this giant band on stage they're all singing she has dancers and everything and i'm just like wow wow this is awesome like I, I had, I was just riveted. Like it was so cool. And uh, there's a song where Eminem comes out, you know, and he has like a rap section to it. Um, you guys probably know what it is if you are aware of, of her music. So um, what they did for this part, which was pretty cool, they're, the song's playing, they're playing, and she's out on the kind of like the tip part of the heart, you know, or on the side of the heart if you can visualize that. And she's all the way out at the very tip of it, you know, singing with a couple dancers and stuff, and then from the back of the stage of course they have this giant led video wall there showing like you know uh revenge or something i forget the name of the song but they're showing some kind of graphic there and then from behind the stage 
this giant blow-up Eminem comes out being puppeted. It's like a giant blow-up Eminem puppet, like 20 feet tall, like humongous. And he does his rap parts. He knows he's rapping, and they walk him across the entire stage. And then she puts a harness on while he's rapping, and she, you know, winds up and stuff like she's going to fight him. And she does, like, flips and, like, kicks over the Eminem doll. Uh, Eminem, uh, not doll, uh, puppet. And it's like kind of like this battle scene, and she's singing and kicking the Eminem guy over. It's freaking crazy, dude. Like, I was like, this is hilarious. It's so much fun. Like every song she plays, she did some kind of different, like I wouldn't say gimmick, but different style to the stage. Like the whole stage, there's like a part where like a giant bed comes out, and the stage kind of looks like it's in the forest. And they kind of raise the bed up, and she's on the bed holding the bars of the bed. You know, like it's like one of those with the cover over it, singing, and the bed gets carried over the crowd. The very last song uh, is kind of like her encore song. She gets like this full harness and she can like literally almost fly around the stage doing flips and sing and stuff getting really close to the audience kind of landing on random rails and stuff in the audience singing and stuff it was really crazy it was like Cirque du Soleil crossed with a musical act and I just had so much fun watching it um I didn't know half the songs I'm not gonna lie I knew most of them you know because I'm not like the biggest pink fan out there but I I know all of her hits you know it, it was fun though I I'm glad she went. She was just over the moon, happy and excited to be there. And I'm, I'm glad she got to go because she's been talking about going to one of her concerts for a really long time. And I could see why it was, it was such, it was a blast, man. I just, uh, it makes me want to go to more concerts, man. Like the, the band I've been wanting to see for so long is, uh, one of my favorite rock groups. They're like a prog rock band called Coheed and Cambria. I've talked about them before. And I just want to see them live so bad because I just love the music and I love the band and I love, you know, everything about it. And I just want to see them live. And I was like, you know, you got to see Bink. You're going to go see Coheed with me? It's not going to be like this. It's going to be like more of a traditional rock show. You know, they're going to be on stage performing, but they're not going to be doing flips and stuff. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I'll go with you. I'm like, all right, cool. So that that's something we'll do in the future. <laughs> but yeah, I had a really good time with this concert and i'm glad i went and glad we went together and had a fun time at that uh even though in the morning i was sick all day but it is what it is right so yeah we could talk about what i've been playing besides diablo i I know i'm very bad at transitioning into another topic that's why i have segments in the show because i'm really bad at segues oh well pink was really awesome but you know what else is awesome (laughs) Astrobot VR. I bought this uh, on the 15th or 16th. I think this is, I bought it basically on the day I put this last podcast out. And it's really good. Astrobot VR is pretty much like, um, I've talked about it on the podcast in demo form, but I've gotten further into it. I'm about, I think I'm about halfway through the game. I've been kind of playing through it slowly, but surely and just kind of enjoying my time with it. And they just do some of the most clever mechanics like in this game. And it, like I've said before, it's a super Mario game made by, by PlayStation worldwide, I think, or Japan studios, one of the two. And it's pretty much like Mario, but with a different character and then it's in VR and you know, so the platforming challenges and stuff all is kind of all around you. They play with perspective in such a cool way. There's like a stage that's a little minor spoiler, but nothing too crazy. Like it's there's a stage where you can grow plants with 
So basically, you see your DualShock 4 controller inside the game, right? Rendered in the game. So if you look down where your hand is on the controller, you can see your own hands. And then gadgets can be uh, applied to it. So this is pretty cool is they have like a spray mechanic, like a water hose. And then there's plants in the stage. So there's this part where this you uh, grow this flower and it makes this giant beanstalk. And you are taking your little Astrobot boy up this giant beanstalk and you're looking up and it looks like it's miles and miles up. Like it looks like it's, you know, 500 feet up in the air and you're uh, bouncing him around. And if you get to a certain spot, you grow up on another beanstalk and then you're looking down, you know, like 200 feet down. Like it, you can literally feel like you're going to fall over. And that it, the way this game just kind of plays with VR and like the that sense of place, like you feel like you're in a different place because of the perspective and how, you know, this 3D environment looks like the way the 3D environment looks is just like you're sitting in this room. Like imagine you're sitting in your car, right? You feel like you're in this car because um, of all the three dimensional stuff all around you. And that's pretty much what VR does. So if you haven't played VR, it kind of gives you that sense of place that, you, that you're actually somewhere that you're not because everything in the environment and around you is, you know, that 3D feel. So it actually does trick your brain. And it works way better than I have ever imagined. You know, I've talked about VR a few times already, and I am a true believer. I love it a lot now. The more I play it, the more I actually get into it. And... I know the PlayStation VR isn't the best headset out there, and this, actually, the PSVR has got me looking into possibly getting a PC one down the road. Um, I'm not going to commit to one yet. Um, I've been thinking about it, though. You know, this will be probably in a couple years, knowing me, because I'll think about it forever until I pick one I actually want, because this technology is ever advancing. It's always changing and growing. So I got something that I can mess around in, with and toy with now, that's a really nice base model VR. And then maybe in the future, I'll upgrade to like a HTC Vive or something like that. But Astrobot's one of my favorite platformers ever. And that's saying a lot. I'm the platforming guy, right? I love my 3D platformers and 2D platformers. And this is going to rank high, I think. Un unless something happens near the back half of the game that just makes me hate the game. So far, I'm just, every time I play it, I am smiling so hard the entire time that my cheeks are hurting when I'm done playing. And that's a good sign. So just having such a good time with that. And yes, it, I that's one purchase I do not regret for like any seconds at all. Is that PSVR unit. It's, a, it's such a cool experience. So yeah, we're going to go ahead and jump into the next section of the show. Show. The show. Welcome to the Media Corner, where we talk about all things entertainment, movies and TVs, things like that. Kind of segmented off into its own little section. We occasionally talk about trailers too, but just, you know, have a good time talking about stuff, mostly about what I've been watching lately. And uh, we went to the theaters a couple times. Not very much. We've been, we haven't been going as much as we usually have just because, like I said, my schedule is ridiculous and she has a schedule that's almost completely opposite me most of the time. So, like, right now I'm off on this break. She's at work right now, you know, that type of thing. 
We went and saw Arguing With My Family, which is a WWE movie about Paige. And uh, I don't know anything about wrestling. I'm not a wrestling guy. But this movie was really good and very entertaining. Uh, An interesting story. And I know it is probably not 100% true to life. But there's a lot in there that makes you feel like whoever wrote the script for this was very earnestly telling the story. And it doesn't really feel like a biopic with all the saccharine stuff. It actually feels more genuine than I would say like a um, Bohemian Rhapsody. It feels more genuine than that. You know. It feels like a true-to-life story, and I enjoyed my experience with the movie. I liked it quite a bit. If, if you're into wrestling, you're probably going to love the hell out of it. Um, I, I just thought it was a cool movie. I don't think it's like mind-blowing or anything. I just think thought it was a fun watch and just interesting to see somebody's life and how they came up. You know, she's like a Londoner uh, teenage girl who gets drafted by the WWE and gets to be one of the youngest title holders ever in wwe especially in the women's section the women's divisions so that's pretty cool and i it's a cool storyline to experience and watch but what's not cool and i'm gonna rant for a minute here i have to do it about theater etiquette okay we all want to go to see this movie right if we're in the theater if people are in the theater 99% of those people in the theater are going to want to watch this movie and they're going to want to experience the movie the way it's meant to be experienced without distractions, right? Why go to a theater and be a dick? So I guess I can do, uh, tell you what happened. So we went to see this movie and there are handicapped seats in front of the theater. So we're in a smaller screen at the AMC we go to. And, you know, because the movie isn't playing in Dolby or IMAX or anything. We're just on a regular screen. And there's these seats that are kind of more level with the screen at the bottom. First off, whoever was running the projector there really screwed up the screen. Because the actual, like, image of the screen was skewed down. So, the people in front of us were sitting in handicapped seats. And they weren't handicapped, which is, like, whatever, usually. But if they did anything, like, lifted their arms, you know, stretched, anything, it would get in the screen. For us because we're in the front row of the normal seating so we have these couple in front of us and the guy is taller his head's already in the screen and it's like before the movie even started said hey uh you know i was just kind of you know talking a little loudly i'm like hey sir just so you know your head's kind of in the screen can you like lean down you know not you know sit so high up and he's like oh okay cool so he kind of leans down a little bit, you know, he's leaning back in the chair and it, it fixes it and nobody has any issues. And then during the movie, he starts literally, I guess I frustrated him or pissed him off because I know he was doing this on purpose, raising his arms and stretching and pulling his head as far up as he possibly could and just blocking the screen, like half of the screen in the middle. I'm like, dude, what the hell? Like, like really and so i'm like <clears throat> you know he's clearing my throat like <clears throat> and then he kind of goes eh, like that and puts his arm down and then he pulls him back up again and i'm like <clears throat> <clears throat> you know just clearing my throat really loud and then sierra's looking at me like really josh come on and he keeps doing it he keeps raising his arms more and more at one point he has his popcorn tub and he has his arms in the air and he's holding his popcorn tub and stretching and i'm just like are you fucking kidding me right now what the hell man so i'm just like down in front down in front (laughs) i was like yelling i was like down in front hey 
down in front. And then they, like, from the, his wife is sitting next to him and just looks at me and then it's like, hey, hey, his head's in the screen. His hands are in the screen. I told him earlier. Hey. Like that. I was, I was yelling at him like, hey. And then she just like shakes her head, nudges him. He looks back at me all pissed off. I'm like, what? What? Can't see. And then he just shakes his head and puts his hands down. That's the last problem I had with that guy in that movie, right? And then every time somebody made a joke in the theater, in the movie. So there was another guy in the theater. He walks in 20 minutes into the movie, right? So all that stuff that just happened with that guy was like within the first five minutes of the movie. So it wasn't a big deal. I'm like, okay, let's settle in. Let's enjoy the movie. And then these kids walk in. They're really loud. They're already talking. They're just like, you know they're talking they're walking in and you can hear them over the theater you know i was just like god what the hell man i'm trying to we're trying to enjoy this movie like we, we come out we're on you know we're on a date for all intents and purposes we go out all the time right but you know this is a date we're trying to enjoy ourselves everybody else in the theater is trying to enjoy themselves the theater is packed it's full except for like some upper seats in the back and they're walking in there, talking. They go up in the back. And then every time somebody makes a joke in the movie, I swear to God this happened. And he never stopped the whole movie. He, They would make some silly joke. Oh, she's a girl. Ha ha ha. And they make a joke. And then it goes. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like, you, it's making raspberry sounds, really. <laughs> and then they start talking. I was like, shh. I was actually shushing them. I'm like, shh. Hey. And then it was like. <laughs> like really loud on purpose like overly exaggerated there's no way that he really laughs like that like dude oh it was so bad come on it's not that hard we're all there to see the movie we're all there to enjoy the experience don't be a dick it's not that hard i uh, i just wanted to go up there and just like every time you make that sound just grab his lips and just say shut the fuck up you know i just wanted to be that guy and i shushed him a couple times but he still did not stop the entire time with the stupid (laughs) like that at least the guy with the arms in the beginning of the movie was fine but yeah that was terrible theater etiquette guys it's not that hard it's it's right it's like regular etiquette you know just respect people's space we're all there to see a movie we're all there to enjoy it and get into the storyline don't be a dick. It's not that hard. But yeah, I like the movie. The movie was good. I enjoyed it. It was fun. I liked it a lot. You know, um, I, I like seeing the storyline, but all the distractions were just pissing me off. They were frustrating me. Just like, oh, just like, oh, I just got so mad. And, you know, you get like that, that feeling in your chest. Like you just want to fucking just, ah, oh, just lash out, you know? Ah, okay. I lashed out right there. I got, I got it out, but fuck those guys, right? assholes pure and simple just assholes anyway saw that movie enjoyed it we also went to see jordan peele's latest movie which he made get out which i really liked and sierra liked quite a bit we saw us and i liked us quite a bit i thought it did have some pacing problems there was there's problems with this movie i'm gonna say that first and foremost foremost first and foremost there are problems with this movie in the story structure, there are a lot of questions that you're like, hey, this, there's, there's a lot of leaps of logic in this movie. But from a horror and suspense standpoint, this movie is just a good time. I 
didn't know what to expect from this and I didn't expect what it ended up being. So if you've seen the trailers, the basic premise for the film is that a cup, a family goes out and stays out in the cabin, you know, on a lake and there are people trying to kill them and they find out that they are mirror versions of themselves. And it's a horror movie based on that concept. And they expand it from there in really ridiculous and crazy ways. And there are a lot of funny scenes. There's actually some dark humor in here that I enjoyed personally. And I liked where the story went. It was just, it's so batshit. This storyline is batshit crazy. This is like a ridiculously just insane episode of the Twilight Zone with a lot of gore and a lot of dark humor in it, honestly. Uh, I, I love the fact that Jordan Peele is all about diversity, though, when he picks the roles for his films. And he even came out recently saying I would that he since he has the say and he can make the movies that he wants to make, he probably won't cast white a white male actor because he's seen that movie before. He wants to see stuff with representation and that's awesome to me. I, I love seeing that. Um I know a lot of people got butt hurt about it, but let them be them, whatever, be fucking assholes. <laughs> that's another set of assholes right there. I'm cussing a lot of this episode. It is what it is. But they're assholes right it, it just let the guy make the movie he wants to make he if he wants to put all black actors in there let him do that and i thought this movie was awesome um lupita nyongo i can never say her name right she she did a really good job and is that her, that, that's her name lupita i'm gonna say i'm gonna double check that's the right way to say her name because i don't want to mess it up us imdb let's see lupita lupita nyongo yeah i was right okay and uh, she was really good. I loved her acting. She killed it. Um, she plays a really murderous version of herself. And she said she had to get like specific vo vocal coaching so she didn't damage her vocal cords to make this like really weird sounding voice. It was really cool. I I love the acting in it. Everybody did a, a, a really solid job. And the movie itself, if you think too hard about it, there are some plot holes that that that's my main criticism of it but i think if you're into horror you like seeing some kind of like cerebral kind of crazy like storyline i think it's worth worth your time i i i like the way it was shot the cinematography was just stellar he whoever he got or his vision of the movie combined with you know the film the way they film it and everything came out just really cool like i, I all the little uh set pieces they have the way they uh pan into some certain shots the way they have color palettes just laid out just right and you can tell they actually thought about that in different scenes in the movie is really really awesome and i love seeing that and it's a very artfully made movie with some minor complaints when it comes to the plot which i won't spoil here but if you want to talk about it we can on twitter or whatever but i liked us i recommend it if you're into horror or if you want to just see some kind of just crazy ass movie it's really cool i, I liked it quite a bit so what, I, what I've been doing recently, last started this a few days ago, maybe it's been three days now, I want to rewatch all the Marvel movies. So what I'm going to do here during Media Corners, every time I watch one of these, is Marvel One Sentence Reviews. So what Marvel One Sentence Reviews are, is we're going to take each movie I watch in order, and I'm going to review them set to some epic music first up i watched iron man and this is my one sentence review 
Robert Downey Jr. is a badass snarky scientist in the film that lays the foundation for over 20 movies but still manages to be a good time. Also, they reference MySpace. Incredible Hulk. This is just an okay movie, but honestly it's highly forgettable even with the fun nods to previous Hulk entertainment. Also, uh, the Avengers came out with a bunch of posters uh, with, I think it was like 32 posters that confirmed some deaths and some people that are alive after Infinity War, which I I, I don't know if you guys are avoiding that stuff, so I'm not going to spoil it, but there are some cool reveals there. And the thing is, is I'm so excited for Endgame that seeing 32 posters actually gets me excited is pretty surprising. That's crazy. That doesn't really happen very often, that they can just release posters and then everybody gets really fucking excited. I know I'm excited, and I know a lot of people are excited. And that's why I'm re-watching these Marvel movies, because there's a lot of stuff I don't remember. Like, literally, Iron Man referencing MySpace at the beginning of Iron Man 1 was like, oh, these have been going on for quite some time. So, yeah. Um, also, I'm still watching the Orville. Man, there's a recent episode that was all about uh, self and identity and love it was really good man it, it, it was really really good and uh took a lot of modern tech or you know our our modern tech and set it and brought it into the future and repurposed it to make this really interesting a thought-provoking story and i just loved it a lot and made me tear up at the end i was like man this is so good <laughs> like a little baby you know you know you know like i do you, you know me by now <laughs> but yeah I, I thought the story was really good and uh very touching so that was cool and uh recommend orville i'm always going to recommend it guys and uh hearing people talk about star trek makes it seem like i would like it since i do really really love the orville so next up we're going to bring back a section or a segment i haven't done in a really long time Welcome to the Recommendation Minute! <laughs> yes, the Recommendation Minute. So what is Recommendation Minute? If you're new to the show, basically I take one topic and I recommend it. I recommend something full-heartedly for one minute and I make my case in one minute and then we get out. So let's go ahead and start the timer in three, two, one. On this recommendation minute, I want to recommend a really good CW show called Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. So the premise of the show is this woman who's tired of her situation in life. She has been working this lawyer job for her entire life. She ends up moving to West Covina, California because of her childhood crush that she finds out lives there. So she moves there to try to get with him and she does all this crazy things to get with him and then the story expands from there and talks a lot about uh gender and identity and and a lot of different things like that uh you know uh sexuality <laughs> uh I, i'm trying to think it, it's really cool and they play with musical theater the song the show has over a hundred songs in it and they were all really good and it's a fun time and it's a very highly entertaining show that sierra and i both love to death and uh, Rachel Bloom, the main actress, is awesome in it. And it's about to end soon, so that's it. So the this, the show's about to end, so it's worth your time. I haven't done that in forever, so I'm not very good at Recommendation Minute anymore, apparently. 
That's tomorrow, and that is it for us today. And we will leave you with a... I can't do it. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! I can, I'll write it, and we'll do it live! And thing sucks! We're doing it live. Doing it live is where I do an ad read for something I really enjoy and then upload it for the rest of the Cartridge Club to use and uh, enjoy themselves. So we're going to go ahead and dive into something that's not a podcast this time. And we're going to do it live right now. Hey there, this is Josh, also known as Frantic from the Frantic Thoughts Podcast. Today, I wanted to recommend the wonderful YouTube channel by Caleb J. Ross. Caleb makes videos about video games and the surrounding culture around them. His videos are thoughtful, endearing, and insightful. If you, like me, enjoy a more philosophical take on video games, check him out at youtube.com slash Caleb J. Ross. Don't just play games, think games. So yeah, we did it. We did it live and Caleb has an awesome YouTube channel. If you've never seen any of his videos, I highly recommend them and really enjoy them every time I see one. And I figured I'd do something not podcast related for once. And that will lead us to the next section of the show. And you probably know what it is by now if you've listened to the show before. So here it is. It's the news of interest, the news of interest, the news, news, news. Lots of different things happened here this week, but I'm not going to spend a lot of time on any of these, but we're going to talk a bunch of quick hitter stories here because there's a lot of games that got announced and uh, a whole entire platform of games got announced called Google Stadia. And uh, I don't love the name. I don't think anybody really loves the name, but basically what Google Stadia is is a streaming service for video games by Google. And the basic concept for this is you have some kind of, they don't they didn't talk any price point for this. I'll start off by saying that, but basically it's a service that lives on the cloud. So you have games that they didn't even say if you bought the games or if it was a subscription service, but they did talk about the tech. The tech was what was front and center here. So basically you press play on a game in a Google Chrome tab, on your phone, on your uh, Chromecast, on your TV, and it plays instantly, and you're playing it up to 4K 60 frames per second on your TV, 1080p 60 frames per second on your phone, and then they have a controller they're coming out with that connects to Wi-Fi, so it decreases the latency, because of course, when you have something like this, you're like, uh, is this gonna work? Is it gonna work? Huh? Is it gonna work? Like, uh, the, 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 the internet infrastructure is not suitable for this type of engagement. Like, is it going to work? And then they're like, yes, it's going to work. I'm terrible at voices. Yes, it's going to work. It's really going to work. Just like you think it's going to work. But yeah, they show like this, uh, that was bad. I apologize. I'm not an impressionist and I'm not, not an improviser. I'm totally not. But yeah, they had this table. It had a PC, a laptop, a tablet, and a phone, and they went played Assassin's Creed Odyssey across every single one of these things, like with very low latency, very low, like very pick up and play. So that's the concept. And the other concept is like you can be watching a YouTube video about a game, and then click 
play and then instantly play that. And then also there's like this cool save feature. So say like I'm streaming a game, I don't know, Assassin's Creed Ninja Warrior, whatever comes out in the future. And there's like this very specific thing that happens like, okay, cool. I got this kind of really ridiculous, you know, journey that I want to go on. And hey, you guys want to actually try out this exact adventure I just went on? Here's the save file from that moment. And then people can literally download that save file and then quick uh, click play and then start right, right from where I was and play the part of the game I just played with my save file, which is weird but kind of cool and interesting and then they have like this kind of like asset flip thing where you can like feed game engine the game engine like different uh color palettes like they show like a sketch they show pac-man and stuff and then render that onto a 3d plane and with machine learning it turns that into a different art style which is kind of cool i I know that's going to be really cool for developers and it's kind of cool to see in action but i don't know how applicable it would be to like actual like a development scenario but i'm sure somebody way smarter than me could figure that out but i thought it was cool tech you know the tech is what interests me the most with stadia the fact that you don't really own any of your games anymore is another is a thing that i'm just kind of like ifish about because the thing about google is they're not very uh present and they don't they, they are present i guess that's the wrong word they uh don't follow through a lot like they had google plus they have Google Hangouts, different things like that. And they, if it doesn't just take off instantly, they just shut it down after a while. And that's what some people are worried is going to happen here. Like, they're going to have all this stuff. And then after a few years, oh, I paid, you know, I put $500 into the service over the course of three or four years. And then they just shut the service off and you have no access to any of the stuff, you know. That's the, the people, thing people worry about when it comes to this kind of, you know, untangible thing like you're spending money on something that's not tangible but you can still play the games when you spend the money on them but the way that google has so much control makes people kind of skittish to the concept like google has all the control in this you know although the fruits are in their basket and then they're holding the basket and they can take that basket away whenever they want to right and when you buy (laughs) this is a really terrible analogy but when you buy a video game now you can buy it digitally if you want and of course that gets rid of some of the rights when it comes to you owning the game but there is more ownership there than them having an entire streaming service where you can't even download the game for backup so say now you if you're worried about your games you can technically or in theory back them up you know on a hard drive or something and then playstation can't take that away from you because you know you own that game or whatever but then you have the other model where you have the, the actual physical format which is basically you holding the disc. Uh, I'll go back to the metaphor. You're holding the basket with the fruits in it and you're keeping it on a shelf forever to collect dust or to play, whatever, or to decorate your house. But you own that game, right? You own that disc. You you own the content on the disc. That's yours. And then when you take away that, you're already taking away one level of ownership when you buy digital games. But most of the time that's okay because... Like I said, you can back up the games, especially on PC and stuff like that. But then you take away another layer of ownership when you say, here, here is all the fruits and all the baskets. You can take them away whenever you please. And that's why people are worried about Google Google, Google Stadia. And when I say I'm excited for it, I'm excited to try the tech out and to see how well it works because I actually played a lot of that Assassin's Creed Odyssey in a Chrome tab. And I thought that was 
a really awesome way to sh show it off you know it was 1080p it was 25 ish frames per second 30 frames per second here and there it wasn't like super smooth experience i'll say that much but if i was going to play on a base model ps4 and then compare it to you know what i was playing in the chrome tab not using any of my processing power on my computer just using the internet it was pretty damn good like the amount of latency was so small like i didn't after playing like it take took me a minute right to when i was playing it so this was in january i think when they did this or early, late december when i was playing it like i said i put four or five hours into the game and I, the game was okay i'm i'm not huge into assassin's creed i can't get into these games lately i, I used to like them a lot that's a different story but when i tried it out on uh what's it called project stream when they did it with google and uh ubisoft partnership there i actually thought the latency was very easy to get used to and then at times it almost didn't really feel like it was there at all there were times where i did notice it and there were times when the game did pixel out and blur out a little bit while it was rendering in the video feed because basically what they're doing is they have a server farm and god only knows where right rendering these games out and then spinning the feed out to you online and then you are playing so basically you hit an input it goes to the server farm and the server farm's like okay this is the input he hit and then they send that image to you on your screen so there is you know this already i can't think sorry there's just already a little bit of latency just inherently in the process there right because you you have to send the signal out to them and they got to send the signal back to you so that's where their controller comes into play where they say oh your controller is connected to wi-fi so there's going to be less latency because your controller is literally connecting directly to the server which is an interesting concept in itself so this tech is just really fascinating to me it kind of feels like magic right you push play and you're instantly play, instantly playing a game with no patches or nothing it's just there on any device it's crazy technology right and if you think about the future like we have xbox doing their uh xbox whatever it's called i can't think of it right now but they have like servers called Zer servers and they're going to be doing something similar to to this you know and they're probably going to announce it at e3 this year so the thing i think that xbox might be a little bit more safe because xbox will probably give you the choice to do the streaming service but they are going to have the boxes they're going to have their xboxes they're going to have their state-of-the-art console that you can buy your physical games for i don't think they're going to completely take that away from people like google's doing google's like we don't have a box and we're proud right but xbox is over here and we don't know what playstation's doing they don't they haven't really talked about it they might be doing something too and they just haven't talked about it yet they do have playstation now which is a streaming service that works okay you know this this tech isn't brand new the this uh more state-of-the-art version of it where i can play 4k 60 is pretty new and kind of crazy to think about you know because that's a lot of processing power to get to 4k 60 in the first place right so anyway we have X Xbox coming along. They're going to have their state-of-the-art box, I'm sure, right? And then they're going to have probably a streaming box that's not as powerful. And then they're going to have the streaming uh, platform and then your physical format that you can use too. And that's cool. I think Xbox will probably have best of both worlds, right? So if you want to try the streaming service, go ahead. And that's probably what Game Pass is going to end up being. Like all the Game Pass games might be streamable. You might be able to push a button and just instantly play any of them. Or they might have a service where you buy a game. Say, okay, I bought Borderlands 3, which got announced, right? Okay, I bought Borderlands 3. 
and I want to play it right now. Okay, click stream and you can stream the game until it actually installs on your console. So in the background, it's installing the game and you're playing the game right away, you know, using the streaming service. So you start, you're playing streaming, da 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 da, -da and then it installs and then it starts playing from the hard drive. That's an interesting concept too. This tech can go so many ways and I'm ex just interested in the future. The future of gaming is just going to be really crazy to think about. Um, also, Apple did announce something similar to this the other day too called Apple Arcade, which has some of the streaming stuff in it. I didn't really look into this one. I'm not really an Apple guy, so I'm not going to talk too much about it, but Apple is getting into it as well. Um, honestly, if Apple had an app, like an Apple TV app and the games were on there or whatever, I might check it out. And if there's some exclusive game, must play game, you know, I'm probably going to try out any of these things just because that's where I care the most about. I care a little bit more about the content than the tech. So if there's a game that's on a console that a lot of people don't like, but it's an amazing game, you know, I might get that tech just to play the game because I, I want to see what the game's all about. I'm more interested in actually playing the content and enjoying the experiences more than I'm, you know, stuck on one set of, you know, console configuration or a PC or handheld or whatever. I'd rather play a badass game. Who cares where it's at? You know, that's my, that's my mindset when it comes to that. And that ended up almost being like a whole topic of the week right there. Right. <laughs> Talking about the streaming stuff. But what do you guys think about Stadia? I think it's fascinating. I can't wait to see where all this goes. And you know what I did mention is Borderlands three, baby Borderlands three finally got announced. Borderlands is one of my favorite series of all time. It's just ridiculously fun has its own tone so some people were complaining right like oh no another loot shooter who cares i care because borderlands is its own thing borderlands has this just tongue-in-cheek just fun factor this fun feel the look of look to it it's just silly and goofy in the best ways has its serious moments when it needs to be serious but it has its own tone that's unlike anything else nothing else out there is borderlands and i love the universe because they built it in such a fun way you want to be a part of that world so you can say oh you can be just downgraded oh it's just a loot shooter no to me no it's not just a loot shooter it's borderlands and having a new one coming out after all these years, I wasn't too much of a fan of the pre-sequel, which was made by a different studio. I thought the game was okay. It was decent. I didn't love it. I adore Borderlands 2. Borderland, Borderlands 1's pretty fun, but Borderlands 2 is just one of my favorite games ever. It's just such a fun time, like, especially with friends or whoever you play with. It's just a really good, you know, looty, shooty game, and it has a nice, fun attitude about it. And I'm just excited to see that there's a new one coming out. They're updating the Hampton Jack collection to be 4K, which is cool. I don't actually own that. I'm surprised I don't. And they're giving the DLC away for free to the VR players. And then also, they're coming out with Borderlands Game of the Year Edition, which is the first time that game will be on Xbox 4 and Xbox 4. That's an interesting thing. I just said Xbox One and PlayStation 4. And the cool thing about that is anybody that owns either one of those sets on PC gets it for free. So I'll get a patch for my Borderlands on PC for free. That's the game of the year edition that has all the improvements and enhancements. That's pretty cool. So uh, there were a lot of directs. Nintendo and PlayStation and Xbox announced a ton of games this week. And before I mention any of these, 
I want to say Dreams is coming out, kind of, in an early access form on April 16th. And it's kind of like a, I think I did talk about this. I'm just really excited about it. I, I think I did mention it last week, but just real quick, it's a game where you make other games. You make your own games. And I'm excited to jump in. And the thing about this I wanted to mention, though, is the codes are very limited for this game. They are only going to give out a certain number of copies for this game, or you have to buy it. It's 30 bucks, but they're only going to sell a certain amount on this early access version. So if you want to get into Dreams early, make sure you buy that thing day one because they might just run out of codes. So that's that would be unfortunate. Um, I'm going to try to wrap up here quickly because I actually have to get back to work soon. <laughs> I didn't think this would take so long, but Nindy Direct happened. And uh, there were some cool games. Uh, Cuphead on Switch. I'm excited for Cuphead on anything. I've never beat Cuphead. Cuphead's one of those games where it's one of the only games where I play one boss fight at a time because I like to savor this game. Is that weird? I, I don't think it is. Like, every once in a while, I just get that itch to play some Cuphead. And the thing is, is I know when I beat Cuphead, there won't be any more well, until the DLC, right? But yeah, I'm, I just don't want the game to end ever. So I do one boss fight at a time. That's how I've been playing that game for since it came out. And every once in a while, I just jump in, I beat a boss, and I'm good. But it's a beautiful game, and I'm excited for people who haven't played it to experience it on Switch. There's a lot of games in here that got announced. We're going to talk about a couple more. Super Crate Box, Super Crate Box and Nuclear Throne and Vlambeer games. Vlambeer makes some of the coolest arcade action games. They're making like this arcade box with a brand new arcade like twin stick shooter called uh bugs what is it ultra bugs seems cool i love Valambert games i do they made this game on phones called ridiculous fishing ah oh, so good so so good um what else was there katana zero is a game i'm definitely playing that comes out on the 18th of april it's kind of like this 2d side scrolling time travel game with some uh scenes where you talk to your therapist and it looks really kind of dark and uh it's devolver digital and they they kind of put out uh, they have a specific kind of style to the games they you know publish and produce and that game looks really cool i'm excited to try it out just to see what it's like anything time travel related and 2d side scroller you're just kind of speaking my language and uh, another one that looks fun that's from devolver as well it's called my friend pedro which we talked about before it's like a crazy flippy shooty action side scrolling game where you talk to a banana that can talk so that's uh that's that uh there was some other stuff i think the biggest highlight from the nindy direct honestly is cadence of hyrule which is a crypt of the necrodancer sequel spinoff i guess but it's in hyrule with legend of zelda characters you can play as zelda and link and uh the concept of uh what is it Crypto Necrodancer is you're playing a dungeon crawler, but it's set to a beat. So you have to walk on the beat. So you go up, 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 attack, attack, attack on the beat to the music. And that's pretty cool. And I like the game quite a bit. I didn't never beat this game, the original one. But uh, it was a lot of fun. It's challenging as hell, too. It gets tough. And uh, that original game was more of a roguelike, so you would have to go get your items, and if you died, you have to start over in the dungeon, right? So is this going to be a roguelike, or is it going to be more linear? They haven't said yet, but if it's more linear and you do more, like, Zelda-style dungeons inside of this, like, different wrapper by an indie studio with Nintendo characters, oh, 
Uh, that's gonna be good. So yeah, that's kind of the stuff that stuck out with me from the Nindy Direct, and there's a few more games there I will definitely play, but those are the ones I'm wanted to highlight. So basically, what ended up happening is in, Xbox did a Nindy Direct or an Indie Direct for some of their indie games, which was kind of cool. It's called ID at Xbox Game Pass, and all these games are coming out on Game Pass. And uh, it was kind of cool because they went into some developer commentary too. So it had its own feel to it. Uh, the games that stuck out from he, for me here are Killer Queen Black, which we knew we know it's coming out on, on Switch, but I'm excited. If anybody wants to play some Killer Queen Black, let's do it. I want to play that game. looks really cool. Um, Outer Wilds looks pretty cool. It's kind of like this mysterious like exploration game. It in the in the woods and stuff it has a cool art style to it and also blazing chrome really stuck out to me it's kind of like a it's i think i've seen some gameplay from from it from before but it's kind of like contra but like modern modernized contra it still has that pixel art but it's like hey here's some contra but with some modern sensibilities and it looks pretty cool and the other one that stuck out to me is after party which is from the people that made Oxenfree, which I love Oxenfree. It was a really interesting, cool game. And this one is, you. I think I've talked about it. I'm sure I have. I've done a million of these podcasts or, you know, 80-something of these podcasts. And it is a couple of teenagers go to hell and they find out on how to get out of hell is if they can outdrink the devil and there are conversation trees and dialogue trees and they had like a developer interview and stuff for this and it just made me want to play the game more uh if you haven't watched this id at xbox game pass it's such a weird name id at xbox game pass little presentation it's like 10 minutes 15 minutes it's worth your time if you if you're interested in some indie games i thought it was pretty quick pretty good and then sony had a nintendo direct this is literally just the sony nintendo direct but this one was mostly focused on vr some people didn't really like it that much i thought it was good good enough they had um crash team racing stuff in there which was pretty cool uh they have uh crash nitro kart stages come into it makes the stage count go really high and uh they're also including like a pixelated character model looking like polygonal character models you know to feel a little more classic that's cool um they have some more vr titles like i said they had like a what is it called uh blood and truth which would look really cool it's kind of like this spy thriller type thing looked really interesting like it looked one of like one of the best looking like visually psvr games i've ever seen um and then also there was like a longer story trailer for concrete genie which is kind of like this third person game where you can kind of like paint on the wall and create little like vignettes of like these neon colored characters on the wall and stuff and it looked pretty captivating like from a art standpoint uh the story was kind of cool like from the trailer you kind of got the essence of the story like he has to paint to make the city nicer and try to get out the shadows of the world and stuff it just looks like a really artsy fartsy game but that's okay sometimes i i'm really into that the way it looks and i gotta play this game looks cool um there was an iron man vr which when they showed gameplay i wasn't too thrilled with but i might check it out if people say it's good and then they had a really cool and fun mortal kombat 11 trailer which apparently they're doing a bunch of time travel stuff i wish i cared more about the actual mechanics of like fighting games because the story of mortal kombat 11 looks so fun makes me want to play it maybe on a discount i'll grab it 
but honestly, I'm not, it's not a day one for me, but I just love the trailer. It's just, it just seems like I'm having fun with everything. And that's, that's really cool. So yeah, I like the trend of all the companies doing these kind of like, uh, whatchamacallits, uh, directs basically. And, uh, yeah, I liked it. I, I like the Xbox one and the PlayStation one wasn't as thrilling, but I like the way they packaged it together and I could see it becoming something they do all the time and have big announcement uh, big announcements out just like the Nintendo directs. So yeah. Oh, I think that's it for the news and, uh, I gotta get to work. So let's wrap up the show now. Thank you so much for listening to the show. If you enjoyed, you can go over to the Cartridge Club, cartridgeclub.org slash forum. Click on Frantic Thoughts. Click on this episode. We can have some conversations over there. Any interesting replies, we can read it in the show, which I think I said I was going to do last time, but I'll do it next time. I'll read a bunch of comments next time. I'll have a whole community section. It's just been a while. <laughs> but yeah, go over there leave me some comments. I love it. It, it, I love the interactivity between people who listen and are enjoying the show. Let's me know that I'm doing a decent job and keeping people interested in the show. And, uh, I have a Twitter at frantic society, frantic S O C I E T Y is how you spell it. If you didn't know how to spell society, I guess. And that's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of frantic thoughts. I love you. And I'll see you next time. Oh, thank you. I'm a good, such a good, real good.